Welcome to the 35th edition of the Atlanta Career Journey Podcast. Today's guest is John Beret, who is the Regional Director for Matrix Resources. John and I have known each other for well over 10 years, and I found him to be an excellent sourcing partner, regardless of the industry or job type. We've collaborated a lot over the years while he's been at Matrix, but he's also been a great partner, friend, and genuine human being. You know, we've, we've shared parenting stories over the years since we have kids about the same age, and I'm just happy to have him on the podcast. So welcome, John. Great to be here. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, we've, uh, we first met at, at Mannheim, I think. Um, I was there, and, and uh, we talked a little bit about bringing people on to help our development team and just got to you know, build a friendship over there. But I've, I've been fascinated about your career. You've been in the, um, the recruiting space, and I just using that term, there's a lot more to it, but um, just want to hear a little bit more about how you got started, what the recruiting industry um, has been doing. And, and you know, certainly with COVID this year, it's changed a good bit. So uh, but let's just start kind of from the beginning, man. So tell me where you grew up. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I primarily grew up in Wisconsin. Um, we moved around a little bit before then. I was, uh, I was born in, in Utah. Um, the youngest of 11 kids. So wow. I'm sure you're thinking, no, you, mu- you must be a big, big Mormon family, but we weren't, we were the only non-Mormon family in, uh, in this community uh, out in, in Utah. And my, my dad was an engineer and he worked for Thiokol um, Rockets. Uh, so we were there for about 10 years. I was, I was, I was born there. I was the, the last kid and I was born there the last year that we were there. And then we moved to Florida and my dad was part of the Apollo program for a while. And then, and then we ended up in the early, you know, I won't even say that it'll make me sound too old. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we, we ended up in Wisconsin and uh, that, that, that's pretty, pretty much where I grew up then. So, and then moved you, to Atlanta um, a couple of years after college. Okay. So, I mean, do you, I mean, Utah, Florida, and Wisconsin, very, very different areas of the country. Um, so you went to high school in Wisconsin? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What were, um, what were some of your dad was an engineer. I mean, obviously having some influence from the Apollo program and just other things, were you interested in math and science? Did it, did engineering fascinate you? What were you interested in high school? It did, yeah. All of um, so, uh, seven sisters and three brothers, and all of my all of my brothers were engineers, um, older than me, and in, in, in engineering, and that's what I started off in. Just thinking that was that was my natural flow, and and I do, I, I love I love science and math, um, mm-hmm. and at the time, like you know, when I started, I think it was just maybe at that time. Um, it just seemed like like the the business school was a little bit more um, you know either fitting for me at that point in time in my life um, and just I ended up I was in in the engineering school for a year and then I just ended up switching um, so so and, let's go back to, well so let's go back to high school so you were in high school math and science you're pretty good at um, were there other yeah. things that you were involved in sports or music or um, other activities. Yeah, I was, um, I played soccer, um, through, uh, from a very young age, uh, through high school. And, um, uh, also I was, (laughs) 
I was uh, I played in a rock and roll band, so I was I was a guitar player in a rock and roll band um, through <laughs> a, a awesome. good number of years in high school. <laughs> I don't think I've ever known so, that about you. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Some of the uh, the webinars that I've hosted over the last year, as we've you know been in this virtual world, people see guitars you know up behind me up on the wall, and they're just like, JB, do you ever play that thing? <laughs> <laughs> So not very often now, but uh, back then all the time. So yeah. Did you, so did, you have any did you have any aspirations to do that as a full-time job? Oh no, no. I knew I, uh, yeah, no, my, my parents were practical enough with me that they're just like, don't, don't even think about that. You're going <laughs> to, you need, you need to go to school. My dad was not happy with me when I switched out of engineering school into, into the business school. Yeah, so, I'm sure. Yeah. So, but you, yeah. <laughs> so you said you, you started college um, in the engineering program. So um, coming out of high school, you're thinking, okay, engineering um, in Wisconsin, did you look at schools in the area? Did you look nationally? How did you uh, make your selection for college? Uh, I was pretty much just schools in the area at that point. Um, yeah. I, I didn't have, you know, my dad had a great career, but I was also the, the 11th, you know, kid so yep. <laughs> there wasn't uh you know tremendous amounts of resources for me to you know choose elsewhere so yeah yeah it's pretty much okay i'll, I'll stay in state so, so which what, was great it was a good good experience so yeah you mentioned your brothers were in engineering did um did you follow on the uh, tales of them to the school that you went to yes yeah Okay. Um, well, my oldest two were also at uh, University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee, and um, uh, they ended up going. My oldest ended up being in IT, the CIO of a logistics company, and um, my other one was a, a civil engineer. So he's been in environmental engineering his whole career, and then. Um, uh, my brother that I'm closest with, he lives here in the Atlanta area. He he ended up. Um, finishing school at Southern Poly uh, here in Atlanta. So he's, he's worked for Cisco and Nortel to optical, uh, optical networking engineer uh, okay. type of guy. So, yeah. Yeah. So what, a lot um, of what, engineering. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you had a lot of exposure to it. Was there a certain uh, field of engineering that you started with? Um, I started with, with chem um, and, but just, you know, after one year, you're not going to get right it's all the same yeah 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 so so uh, what at what point did you um start thinking that maybe engineering wasn't was not in your future you know i just i didn't have any uh it probably was purely social you know i i, I just I didn't have any friends any of my closest friends were an engineer they were all in in business or finance okay so it's that funny how sometimes those enough. it's funny how sometimes those factors can drive your decision, huh? Right, right. So you um so you decide was there something with business other than the social component where there certain classes that you took that you thought might be interesting or um had that how that thought process go? Um I had a, a number of my um, good friends in Wisconsin, their, their um, families, their, their parents or fathers, you know, were, were some pretty good entrepreneurial um, 
achievements um, there. And so that sort of fascinated me, just the, the, you know, the ability to, you know, have your own thing and, you know, achieve with that. Um, uh, I, I ended up, I ended up in, in marketing um, and I enjoyed a lot of those classes, uh, just the creativity uh, part of it. So um, that part was probably most enjoyable to me, I would say. Gotcha. Did you, um, did you do any internships while you were in college or did you have a full-time job or some other exposure to the business world before you graduated? I had a part-time job that I worked in a, in a, um, a small company. It was a, it was a chemical lab um, company where, where they manufactured uh, testing equipment for um, soil, water, uh, different medium. And so I was exposed to um, a bunch of crazy scientists in this lab. It was, <laughs> it was pretty entertaining. And then I was just sort of uh, at the time, you know, I, I probably worked there three days a week, you know, uh, four or five hours, um, you know, when I, when I go in, but I do a little bit of everything for them, but uh, it was, it was, it was fun. It was great exposure to be around some of those guys. That's pretty cool. So did, um, when you were getting ready to get out, now, did you play in a band in college or did you sort of leave that behind? I did not. No, I stopped. Yeah, I stopped. No, no fraternity parties for the, uh, the Varee band, huh? No, 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 no. That all stopped. I was like, okay, I got to get, got to get settled in here and, uh, and concentrate. So, yeah. So, so tell me about the, tell me about the conversation you had with your parents when you changed majors. Cause I, I remember mine with, uh, with my dad, he was not thrilled. But, um, you know, I think once, once they kind of see how things play out, they kind of come around. But how did that go for you? Yeah, it was, um, it was a series of conversations, really, uh, with, with my dad at that time. And, um, you know, the first one was rather short because he just wasn't <laughs> happy at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> and yep. gra- gradually, I got, I got a little bit more airtime with him. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and I don't think he was going away, John. (laughs) Yeah, no, it didn't go away. And, um, you know, it never really, um, you know, at the time, I mean, you know, it's maybe just a generational, generational thing. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think he ever really, you know, accepted it, um, Mm. much later, much later in, in my career, I think when, um, you know, they, they had retired, moved from Wisconsin to Florida. And then, um, um, my mom passed away down there. And then my dad moved up here because there were several of us in the Atlanta area. So he wanted to be, she wanted him to be closest to, mm-hmm. you know, the, this cluster of kids in Atlanta. Um, so I have two sisters here as well. And, um, so at, at that point when we had a little bit more time and, and maybe, you know, maybe it's just, for him just to have time to, to reflect upon that. Um, yeah. You know, we, we had a, we, you know, we had a good heart to heart about that at that point in time. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> span, I a span of many, many years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree with you a little bit about the generational thing too, because change is not really embraced with an older generation, sort of that greatest generation no. post-World War II. 
and you know you you go to work for a company or you make a decision about a school and sort of that's the that's the track you're on and you just stick with it you don't want to be a quitter right and so that's right that became the mindset exactly. i know with my dad he was you know just was concerned about you know whether i was changing majors or i was you know changing jobs there was always uh, man what are you doing you know i mean especially if you're in a perception of a good job or a good company or a good school, you know, don't mess it up. Right. So it was, yeah. Right. But, right. But I think once you get what to was that, your, what was your, what was your major switch? What did you, when I, when I started at Georgia tech, I was accepted as a double E. So an electrical engineering major. And I thought, yeah, okay. okay, well, that sounds kind of cool. I like electronics and putting car stereos in and, you know, just playing around with stuff. I thought that'd be kind of neat. And when I got there, I, I wasn't quite sure what a double E really did. And we didn't have the internet or there wasn't a lot of it. It, unless you knew somebody who was doing that as a job, it was really more speculation or it was more of a general sense. And I always thought, you know, if you study engineer, like electrical engineering, you're going to be in this lab building circuit boards. And it didn't seem that appealing to me. So my mom was yeah. working for um, KPMG it was Pete Mark at the time. And mm -hmm. she had, there were a lot of managing directors there that's, that started out as double E or not double E um, industrial engineering and IE. And then they would go to grad school and they got in the consulting track. And I thought, oh, that sounded kind of interesting. So I changed to an IE. And then my freshman year was brutal. I just, uh, calculus and chemistry just really, um, I was not very successful in those two realms. And so after my freshman year, I had to do a lot of soul searching. I was in Navy ROTC and that scholarship was kind of dwindling. And I just thought, man, I, what am I going to do? And so I, I remember taking a finance class and really enjoyed it. And then from there, I just thought, well, I just need to move to business. You know, at the time it was called management at tech. And, you know, my dad's like, ah, what are you doing? You know? And so it's, it was better for me. I enjoyed the classes. I think I was excelled much better than the engineering track. Um, so it was the right decision for me, but yeah, it was a process mm -hmm. and you have multiple conversations around, uh, you know, you think you're, Gonna be happy doing this. Can you get a job? And you know all those questions. So, but yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. easy. Yeah. So no. you, <laughs> go ahead. No, no. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So you, you're getting ready to graduate. Um, tell me a little bit about what you're thinking. You were still in Wisconsin. Um, were you thinking to kind of stay up there? Did you want to try and branch out and and move someplace new, or what was your thinking? Yeah, that came that came a little bit later. Um, um, that feeling of wanting to branch out and try something new, which got us here. But um, um, uh, uh, Rochelle and I had been dating all through college. Um, we started dating the first first year of college and um, stayed together all that time. So y wow. yesterday was our, our 35th wedding anniversary. And we, we dated Congrats, for, for five years before that. So yeah, yeah, it's been, been wonderful. Um, um, so we, we were, you know, coming out of school at the same time and both trying to just find jobs at that time. It was a bad economic time, um, when, when we came out. So yeah. we were, we were, we were just trying to get something at the time. And I just, I just, I ended up, um, it was, uh, through networking. <laughs> it yep. was, it was, you know, friends. That's how I got my first job. And, um, it was a company similar to, to Matrix, but a little bit different. They were an IBM business partner um, headquartered in Milwaukee. It was a regional type of company. There was a few other offices in the Midwest. But um, so, yeah, that was my start. And um, um, the company was was focused. It, it had multiple um, 
uh, areas to it. We, we sold IBM hardware. Um, we also sold some IBM software. We sold some other software from, um, uh, I don't know if you recall this company from way back called SSA and they had a product called Asset and BPIX Asset was their case tool. Um, so we were involved with that and we had our own um, like job shop manufacturing software package that we sold as well. So a mix of hardware and software and then, but really the backbone of the company was more, um, you know, placing contract consultants, um, uh, you know, so that was, uh, those, those were my beginnings. So I spent, I spent a lot of my first year right out of college at IBM. Um, and at the time what it was called the guided learning center. So, um, it was great. I mean, the, the company invested a lot in me. I was, I was kind of like an experiment for them. Okay. Uh, they had had, they had never brought someone in just right out of school. All of the, all of the account executives had been, um, you know, very, very senior level people. And they're like, well, let, let's see if we can do this. Um, so I, I was, I was the guinea pig. <laughs> what a great so, experience though. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, it was, it was, I learned a, a lot, um, you know, at that, at that time in your life, I mean, you're a sponge, right? I mean, you, mm -hmm. can, you can take in a lot. So, so that was great for me. Um, learned a lot and I, I had a great first boss. I mean, he was, and, and that would be, you know, it's so hard to tell how, how are you going to know if you're going to have a great first boss, but the importance of that throughout your whole life. Like I, I, a few months ago, I reached out to him on, on LinkedIn. Um, so I hadn't, I hadn't talked to him in a while. So I, we, we left Wisconsin about maybe four and a half years after, after that, after the beginning. And um, I had recently just reached out to him and I, I just said, you know, I've been meaning to for such a long time, just say how thankful uh, I, I, I am that, you know, you were my first boss and just the things that, you know, you instilled in me and that you helped me with and how to, you know, shaped me and, and, you know, in, in business and dealing with customers and, you know, being authentic. And, um, so it was a good, it was a good, you know, again, over a long period of time, like coming back to the beginning and, um, you know, just centered around relationships. So that's great. I'm sure it was great for him to hear that, you know, cause I, it sounds like he invested in you and probably some of the other folks in your group. And, uh, you're right. It is, um, a boss can make all the difference in the world, you know, that can inspire you and, and really want you mm -hmm. make you want to work harder and to do great things, or they can have you, you know, leave a company that otherwise you would probably love, you know, it's just, it's amazing influence that they have on that. So well, that's awesome. Definitely. Did you know coming out of school, like this was an experimental role or did it sort of evolve once you got in there and started doing some things? Oh, I knew right from the get-go because they were transparent with me before transparent was a, you know, a, <laughs> a, buzzword. a, a word that everybody used. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, uh, they, they said right off the bat, we've never done this before. So you're going to be, I don't even think they called it an experiment. That's just me like making it sound better. I think they called me a guinea pig. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, it was your version so, of the Apollo so, program, right? So your dad yeah, would probably appreciate exactly. that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, but yeah, so I, they put me, uh, you know, the first, 
you know, span of time, it was really a lot of investment in training for me um, in technology and in, in sales through, you know, the, the IBM sales methodology at that time, customer-oriented selling. Um, and so that, that was like, you know, six, nine months of time. And then from there, I went into, they put me into a territory where, um, that's where I got my, my nickname, JV, because one of the owners, his name was John. So day one, I'm there, and someone says, hey, John, and we both turn. They're like, oh, yeah, we got to call you <laughs> something else. Or whatever. So, <laughs> so I lost my name day one of my first job. So that, that, I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is a good beginning or not. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but then, so then I, they put me in a territory that, like, okay, we're putting you in this territory knowing that if, if you mess something up, it's really not going to matter that much. Mm-hmm. So we expect you to make some mistakes. It's sort of a, you know, don't worry, just, just, you know, cut your teeth, work hard, you know, try to make something happen. We're not really expecting you to do too much. Um, but, uh, we expect something, but it's more of a learning experience. So, I mean, they were, they were really gracious with this whole, program of you know compared to today mm-hmm. in today's world i mean you know it's hey you, you better if, if you're not producing within three months um you know there's a problem um, yeah. and and it's probably the this, you know most companies aren't gonna stick with something that long right now right mm-hmm. um so so yeah so that those were my beginnings and um yeah, luck. It was it was funny. I mean, luckily, I I had some success. Um, I ended up, um, and and you can get this product at, at um, Trader Joe's. Have you ever had Kringle? Yes. You know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. So so it's this company. You know, I'm up in Milwaukee, and my little territory that they gave me was actually a huge geographic territory, but it was all these small companies and little manufacturing companies. And one bakery, <laughs> this bakery called O&H Danish Bakery um, in Racine, Wisconsin. So I ended up, um, this is back, they were a mail order catalog business where now you go you know, on the internet and order. But at the time, mm-hmm. it was a catalog business. So, so we, I, I ended up selling them um, the, the back-end system. So we, we, we built custom software to support the mail order catalog system. So, wow. um, so that was fun. So I'd go down there and I, you know, they'd always send me back to the office with, you know, two or three Kringles for all the, the developers working on the project. <laughs> you were the man. I mean, so, those are deadly. I can yeah. eat probably half of one of those if I'm hungry enough. I mean, they're delicious. Aren't those good? Those yeah. are so good. And you're right. You walk into Trader Joe's and it's like on one of the end caps. As soon as you walk in, it's pretty prominent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's too fun. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so then I, you know, I had, um, in that, that first year had enough success where they're like, okay, we're going to graduate you into a normal territory. So then I started working with, you know, larger companies like SC Johnson and son and, um, uh, Johnson Wax, the Kohler company, um, were, were some of my, my major clients up in Wisconsin before I moved to Atlanta. So. That's great. What was uh, what were the the kind of the primary differences you noticed between this hey smaller group didn't expect a whole lot to moving to 
larger enterprises and more visibility? Were there, were there aspects of the job that were different? Um, how was that transition for you? Um, it was actually easier because there, <laughs> there was, you know, there were, what, what we did and what we wanted was actually available and, you know, prominent with these, these customers where, mm. you know, the smaller ones we were digging and, and they just didn't have, you know, the, the IT budget that, you know, the, the larger enterprise um, customers had. So, yeah, so it actually was, it, I found it to be easier. Interesting. Yeah, but I guess it makes sense, right? You've got a larger budget to work with, more uh, resources available, probably higher prioritization. Um, certainly the teams were a little more aligned for that. So all you had to do is just mm-hmm. get them moving in the same direction and, uh, and you, could, you could do some great things with it. So how did you, um, what was the shift going from Wisconsin then to Atlanta? Um, there was a spring uh, I guess this would have been like 1993. So right at the same time when like, wasn't there like a blizzard here in March of 1993 that I've, yeah. I've heard so much about. So probably yeah. right about that same time I'm, you know, I'm up in Wisconsin and for this sounds like biblical, but for, for really like it, it was 40 plus days. We never saw the sun. I mean, it, it just was horrible. Just the, gray you know the spring is just a a rough time up in the upper midwest i mean you Mm -hmm. just don't have great weather so it was it was it was a number of things i mean the weather i say that and lead with that um you know we really felt that way we're just like god i'm just so tired of this 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 kind of weather um you get used to the winter like you you when it's cold out you do things you know Mm -hmm. like i grew up playing a little bit of hockey i would ski i would downhill ski i would cross country ski um and you just kind of get used to that you don't mind it um so much um but when it's nasty cold gray you know um that that gets tough like i i i need some sunshine Um, yeah and my wife my wife was the same way she's like i'm just tired of this weather so so our our branch out plan was let's go someplace with a nicer climate. And so we targeted three cities at the time, all cities where we had some family, you know, I've got 10 siblings, so that's pretty easy to find other places, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so, so we, we, at the time we, we targeted Phoenix, Tampa and Atlanta. Um, so again, this is before, this is when, when you were looking for a job, you, you, would stand through the Sunday newspaper. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we subscribed. This is kind of like, you know, kids that are going to listen to this are like, wow, how old is this guy? So <laughs> this is like you, you would get the, so we subscribed to, you know, those newspapers from those cities and had them delivered to our home in Wisconsin. Yeah. So started doing that for a little while. And I quickly got a sense of like, okay, um, in Atlanta, there were far more jobs being advertised than in Tampa and in Phoenix. Um, so we just, we ended up, and, and the Olympics had been announced that mm-hmm. they were going to be in Atlanta in 96. We'd get there a couple of years before that. That was exciting. You know, yeah. Big boom going on. Yep. Um, you were a part of that. Um, that. That had to be super cool for you. Um, 
Yeah, but you, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head because even though you were in Wisconsin, there was a tremendous amount of activity here in the the years leading up to the games. My wife was on the Delta Mm -hmm. Olympic um, marketing team, and so they were working on their sponsorship. But I mean, there was, you know, the, you'd mentioned about the economy was kind of tough, but I mean, in the, in the early nineties, things started to pick up, you know, there was some new technology uh, things. The internet was just starting to kind of, you know, find its way. And um, in Atlanta, there was a lot of telecommunications growth. Um, They were building new stadiums here and the the trickle down was around like the hospitality. So there were hotels and um, the roads were being rebuilt. There was just a lot of infrastructure improvements here which then drove new growth and new opportunities. So yeah, you, you definitely saw that even in another city, but here it was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun to, it was fun to come here. I mean, I, um, I came here, I, um, my brother uh, was here. So I just, I, I started pursuing, um, you know, companies here, um, took a, took a week of vacation, came down, had six, seven interviews lined up. And I, I ended up with a couple of offers and I ended up selecting matrix and, um, you know, enjoyed, have enjoyed, you know, uh, you know, I never thought I would, I would be at a company for 27 years. It sounds very much like my dad. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that he, he was at a company in Wisconsin for like 23 years. And I thought, wow, my goodness, dad, that's a long time to stay there. Here I am. Yeah. So, but it, but it, but it's interesting. Like I, I, I think I've had, I'd have to count how many different jobs I've had, um, within the company and, and how much in technology. I mean, that's, what's so interesting about technology and the, the space that, that we're in. I mean, it's just forever changing and now the rate of change is just faster than ever. So it's people ask me like, why would you stay that long? I mean, and, and it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of great people where I am. So that's, that's, you know, number one reason. And then it, it, just, it fits me well, um, mm-hmm. you know, technology and people in technology. So, I mean, it, it's, I, I, I love the, the math and the science part of it. Um, that was my dad. And my mom was like a, a very social, very gregarious, everybody loved her type of person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I kind of have like this hybrid bit of that um, in me. So what what I do is probably a good fit for me for actually who I am. So, so what was your first job that uh, Matrix hired you for? I was uh, I was an account executive um, when I came down. So I, I came down and just started in a territory, and they gave me you know a handful of accounts to start working on, and um, just you know started chipping away at it. So, so and so for those listeners that aren't quite familiar with Matrix or even the the uh, recruiting industry or sourcing company. So if you're an account executive, you work with companies that are looking to either expand their staff or they don't have the, the right folks internally to be able to put a team together for a project. And so they come to companies like Matrix and the account person would be there to help support or, or um, help deliver that successfully, right? That's right. That's right. So like when you and I worked together, you were at Mannheim, now Cox Auto, and mm-hmm. you were you were building up that team and you had resource needs and um, you know, I, I was the interface that, that I would, I would work with you, understand what you 
needed, wanted, and these resources. And then I would come back and then work with our recruiting team um, who would constantly be interfacing and networking with, with uh, professionals in, in the marketplace um, and, and work with them to then find the right people for you. I think, I think the first person I ever played, I think you were looking for maybe a business analyst actually mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Um, um, so what I helped you with first, but um, yes. So that, that was kind of a delineation that we had. We still have now. So. Yeah. So it's, um, and I mean, you think about the technology changes you mentioned in 27 years, the market certainly changed a lot too. I mean, what were some of the kind of the, the biggest impacts to, um, to your job that, uh, that you've had to either, you know, adjust to, I mean, I, obviously COVID is right. A big deal. Right. Um, and I, you know, you start going backwards and there's been, you know, ups and downs in the economy, but are there certain things that stand out in your mind in terms of, Oh, this is a new way of doing business. Was it, uh, the internet was starting to really get bigger. Um, LinkedIn is probably a big deal, right? So what are some of the things that you've seen over the years that's been the most impactful? Yeah, you mentioned several of them right there. I, I would say, um, you know, just economic fluctuation um, causes a lot of change. So, um, you know, in the, um, you know, dot com and then dot bomb bust or whatever, there was, you know, we went from, from a time from, from pre-Olympic time all the way up until, you know, 99, the year 2000 of just pure growth, like at a very high rate of growth. So um, a lot, a lot of, a lot, a lot of hiring and, and need there to, to a major, major slowdown in, in 2001 with 9-11. And, um, and so th- that, was, that was a huge change there where there was always so much hiring going on, especially in our, our permanent placement group. Um, um, our contracting services um, for temporary consulting projects that that maintained fairly well during that time, but the the perm demand, you know, certainly plummeted. Um, um, they both went down, but but perm more than than contract at that time. Um, so so you would see, you know, so even when things started to come back up, um, what the the changes that naturally evolved then were were there was more of a buildup of of companies building up their own uh, recruiting organizations. So talent acquisition groups, um, what they're called now, um, then they were just called the recruiting group. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so that, that's been kind of a shift where there's much, much more structure, especially in the enterprise um, companies with larger groups um, uh, to support that. Um, so really when we're brought in, I mean, it's, it's oftentimes to just fill positions that are that are you know their companies are truly struggling to to fill so things that are you know a needle in the haystack maybe so hybrid type roles um so but you know linkedin has changed a lot you know job boards way back when changed um um the 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 playing field uh, a bit as well um you know and, and i just think over the course of time always just uh, technology. I mean, just, you know, from, from on-prem to cloud, um, what you're involved with so much now, I mean, all of those technologies are much, much more complicated now than, than it was, you know, way back. So. Yeah. 
Are there um, are there certain technologies that that you're seeing today that um, companies are struggling to place or to uh, have the right candidates? Um, absolutely, it's um, um, there. There's a fair amount of demand for Java developers still. Um, there there has been for a long time, um, but there's just a shortage. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that that's been a constant um i think uh anything you know cloud centric um you know aws architects um as you know i mean there's there's a great demand for that and there's not enough of those people so simple you know simple economics just the supply and demand of things so java.net developers um some of the front end frameworks um you know React and Angular and 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 so forth. I mean, those are, um, you know, at times um, when you'd have the imbalance with supply and demand, you know, very difficult. And that's the, those would be when we get called in on. So, are you seeing a, you know, expanding interest in some of the artificial intelligence and machine learning, and data analytics? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, We've seen um, over the last couple of years, you know, a pretty good uh, increase in demand for for that for people with you know uh, machine learning um, experience. They're not they're not going to have hasn't been out that that long, so you're not going <laughs> to you're not going to find someone find me find someone with eight to 10 twenty years, years of experience. <laughs> like, that's, that's, yeah, that, 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 that doesn't exist. Um, right, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, in in, in analytics, yeah, data analytics, um, absolutely. So large large portion of our requisitions that are coming in are in that area. Yeah, what um, what's been the biggest adjustments you've had to make this year with COVID? I know it's changed how people do business. It's changed how people go to school. Um, so in the recruiting business, what have y'all had to adjust to to um, to really be successful? I mean, the use of video has just been um, something that that it was. You, you better you better stop the bus, open the door, and find a seat and get comfortable with it in a hurry. <laughs> Otherwise, you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be hurting. So, so fortunately, we we had before all this started in March, we had had a couple of clients where we were starting to do a little bit more with uh, Zoom interviews and and. Um, so, so that that was that was huge for us. The, the use of video, just recording um, even little snippets um, to to leave leave for people, um, you know, versus just no one really answers the phone anymore, right? I mean, so many so many so many of our customers they don't even have desk phones yeah. anymore. It's just all either you know they have email, um, you know, Skype something, uh, you know, and, and their mobile phone. So, so, you know, there's, there's fewer, um, there's, there's not so much on the, on the sales front, there's not as much success that's, that's happened, you know, with smiling and dialing, if you will. Mm. Um, so, you know, we've, we've had to make those adjustments of, you know, less, less phone work, especially for business development and much more, you know, at now, I mean, it creative, creative video, um, and, 
and people's attention span is so short. I mean, it has to be like if, if we're going to make a video to like introduce ourselves or something to convey a message um, about something or a person or a candidate um, or a proposal, I mean, it, you have to get it across. I mean, it's, it's got to be like 45 seconds or less. Um, otherwise, people just start to tune out. Yeah. Yeah, it sometimes can be information overload, too. Have you, mm-hmm. I, I've noticed this, we've got, you, know, you mentioned earlier, kids about the same age, and I've, I've noticed that just with my kids who are all under 25, they are, you know, the selfie generation, and they've got no, no problem with, you know, taking photos or videos of themselves. And I would expect they're more comfortable in this new video world than, say, our generation or, or even some of the ones in between. You know, I know it's, I, when I first started using video, I was just not used to seeing myself on a camera or, oh, I can't believe my voice is like that or whatever. And my kids exactly. are just like, yeah, I've got, you know, 3,500 videos of me over the last 10 years just doing crazy <laughs> stuff. And so this is just another aspect of it, right? Do you see that in the, some of the candidates or some of the uh, things that you see? Definitely, yeah. Very uh, much of a real reluctance for, for you know, people that are, you know, uh, have more experience um, mm-hmm. and, you know, a huge acceptance from you know, less experienced uh, candidates and, and people just like, hey, yeah, this is my norm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think like you said, you get comfortable with that because that's going to be the standard. And I think coming out of this is going to be a different world. Even still going to be there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's still going to be there. I mean, this this is, we won't go back to how it was before. There's no way. I mean, we'll, we'll come back. I don't think we'll stay how we are right now, but it's so and like many things in life. I mean, it'll probably be somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. So I, uh, that, that's what I, that's what I, I'm hearing from a lot of our, our customers as well, that some are saying we'll never go back to the office. Um, and some are saying when, when we do, there's, there's, We'll we'll probably have, we've seen good productivity from our teams um, Mm -hmm. being remote and people are, you know, people quite frankly are working more. Yeah. (laughs) They don't, they don't have an hour commute and they get up and start working. And um, so I, I think you have to watch that too. I mean, you're going to have people, people are going to burn out. Uh, with that as well, where but a number of people that didn't, they weren't taking much vacation, if any at all, um, probably from, you know, from like March through July into August, there were, there were a number of people that, you know, I, like, I, I, don't, I don't think they've taken a day off yet. I mean, I'm like, you, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're going to blow up at some point. Um, so you got to have some, <laughs> yeah. you got to have some balance here and, 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 you know, recharge your batteries. So, yeah. Well, I think there wasn't a lot to look forward to. It's like, okay, you know, if the world's crashing, you know, you can't go to the beach, you can't go out to eat, you can't go to theme parks, whatever your vacation mode was, it shifted or it just got put on hold. And so the thinking is, well, why would I take a vacation? You know, if I'm going to take a week off. I want to go somewhere and I can't. So I'm just going to hang around the house. I'm doing that anyway. Right. So it was really kind of a struggle. You couldn't get on an airplane and just, it was uh, tough, but you're right. I mean, that's, that's how you recharge. That's how you sort of get some, 
you know, some perspective. And sometimes you can come up with sort of new creative ideas once you're away from your screens and your phones and email and all the other things. So, or just reconnecting with your family that, you know, they're at school, you're working. And sometimes it's nice to just get away and, you know, do, do little or nothing or go fishing or surfing or whatever your, your passion is. So, yes, so, so much changing. And, and you mentioned like the, just like the, 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 bio clips or the little video snippets you know when we do go back to some whatever the new normal is i think things like that people are going to expect you know i mean that's going to be Mm -hmm. a benefit that will continue um because it it gives you an opportunity to kind of sell yourself or to see a candidate and have them you know prep for something and whatever their their video clips going to be about it's you know it's nice to see that yeah, it's been the use of video for us internally um, has been tremendous with 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 training. So we brought on a number of of new software packages and new systems um, just with within our environment internally, and to to be able to show people how to use the the systems, use the tools, we're, we're able to just you know do them in little iterations. So, you know, okay, let me, let me just sh- I'll show you how you use this system and just shoot a one minute video on, you know, the progression of the five or six clicks that you need to do, like how the workflow is or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and pe- people are just like, hey, this is so helpful. You know, this is, this is great. I love having the video, you know, I, I can, I can have a trainer, you know, present to a whole group and do it one time. Um, but people, people there that we're all multitasking all the time. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's hard. I find myself that way. Like when I'm going through a session or something, I'm trying to like, okay, I'm, everyone's working so hard and maybe I'm not giving my full attention to something like that. Where then if you have, if you have these little snippets of little pieces like that, you can go back and like, okay, I'm not quite sure how that, how that flowed or whatever, but I can just look at that and go back to that as a reference point. Very helpful. Yeah. You know, and I think there are some things that you, you see or experience in your personal life that, you know, when you start to compare that with, why don't we have this at work? You know, I mean, YouTube's become probably the best training platform out there. You know, if you have to, you know, change the oil in your car and you've never done it before, or you need to replace, you know, something in your ice maker. I mean, there's a video out there for just about anything that you can do. And when you get to work and you go, gosh, I don't even know where to start here, but man, it would be nice to have a YouTube video on, you know, how are you using sail floors (laughs) or whatever, you know? So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's, it is pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. I fixed, uh, this would be another thing that my dad is probably like laughing at me uh, up in heaven right now, but like he, he was a mechanical engineer. We never, ever had a repairman at our house um, for anything. And um, so I, I like, I wasn't that great with, with that kind of stuff. So, so I, I like fixed a patio heater um, and I just used YouTube <laughs> to mm-hmm. pull yeah. thing apart, put it all back together. I'm like, Oh, this was easy. So, it's funny yeah. in 10 minutes you can be almost an expert you know you're like oh yeah uh-huh. if i have to change yeah. a tail light you know i don't know what's on the other side but 10 minutes later i know oh, okay there's a, there's a certain clip and it's going to be a little bit of a you know resistance but you can pull it pretty hard it's not going to break you know whereas <laughs> i can't tell me things i broke when i was younger just like oh okay well we'll see um yeah it's pretty pretty amazing 
What, um, what do you like most about your job? Um, great question. Um, I mean, I think it's just the relationships um, that I've had with so many, so many people and, you know, internally and, and externally um, um, where it's just, uh, I don't know, to me, it's, it doesn't really feel like work to me. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, a, a, a lot of relationships that I have and, um, you know, it's, it's more, it's more, it's more about that than it is, uh, um, you know, work. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, and I also love the, uh, you know, as the, the rate of change with technology. I mean, it's very interesting to me and, uh, you know, just, just having that, um, you know, something's always changing, something new is evolving. And, um, you know, I, I love the, I love agility, um, you know, just working in an iterative way and try to encourage that all the time um, uh, with customers and with our own processes internally as well. Just to, you know, hey, let's, let's just try this for a bit and yeah. you know, make, make a point of, of, of speaking up, um, you know, as we go through and let's, you know, is this working or not? And if it's not, then let's, let's keep evolving. Um, so I love that. That's great. I think more companies are starting to embrace that agile and it's not just around software development, it's business agility, right? And, and we mm -hmm. joked about the transparency term, but it's, I'm starting to see more companies actually try to follow that rather than just talk to it. You know, there's, there, it was, um, it was a struggle, but I think with the younger um, workforce coming in, I think there's there's more of that acceptance and expectancy, and uh, you know things have to change, even from a leadership perspective. So it's it's you, you've been on the front row to see a lot of those things happen, and and helping companies you know do that. So that's great. One last question for you, yeah, man. We, if you, oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Sure. I was going to say, I mean, we um, just in like the most basic things that we do with with our teams, just some of like our, our daily standups or just our status meetings, whatever you want to call it, we will purposely just try to change the format of them just for the sake of change. Just That's because great. If, if you keep if you keep it the same way for more than three months, it just feels stale after a while. So even, mm -hmm. even if it's even if it's just a little bit. So I, I you know, my teams constantly <laughs> say, Hey, uh, this Friday, I want to take, you know, 15 minutes and just talk about how we're doing this, how we're, how we're meeting as a team or what, what's our purpose? Is it, are you getting what you need to get from it? And, and ideas, you know, or, or the, the classic, you know, stoplight, uh, traffic light, you know, what, what's going well, what's not going well. And right. you know, what, what can we work on our new ideas? So just things like that. And that, and that you know, keeps the energy up and keeps it fresh. That's a really good idea. You know, I think that there's that phrase, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think having to yeah. adjust to some of the change, even in something that is, you know, somewhat, um, you know, routine, changing that up a little bit, then it becomes more of a practiced uh, opportunity to, you know, figure out how to, how to evaluate, did it, is this working better? Are we getting, you know, new results out of it? You know, I think, you know, in any exercise program, you can get stuck in a rut and you're not going to make the kind of gains unless you shake things up and it's no different in the corporate world too. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's great, man. 
So yeah, uh, I was gonna say the last question I was gonna ask you was, uh, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself? You know, that, that uh, it's funny uh, you asked that question because we were, um, my wife and I, we were, we were driving up to North Georgia yesterday. I took a, took a day of vacation for our anniversary and we, um, we went hiking. So we had you know, about a little over an hour drive and um and we asked each other that you know just over our marriage wow a long time and um you know what 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 would what advice would you give yourself and and we both responded to it and um it was um there were multiple things um and i and i think all of them would be applicable to to you know your career as well and one was was you know i wish i wish I could have communicated better um, when I was younger, like our earlier in our, our marriage or earlier in business, like to, to communicate um, more openly and deal with things, you know, deal with things right away um, and not let them, not let things fester. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing good, nothing good comes from that. So, so I would say, you know, again, kind of classic agility, like let's fail early, you know, mm -hmm. expose it, get it out in the open, shine a big light on it and let's deal with it. Um, so that would, that would be one thing. And then I also think like, like keeping the other big overarching thing was, was balance. So keeping a perspective of, of purpose and balance and, you know, why, why are we getting upset about some of these small little things? And it could, could, you know, it could relate to, the fact that if you're not communicating often enough and well enough, you, you let, there's like a breaking point when you're shocked when someone gets upset about something so little, but it's a breaking point situation. It's not, it's not that it's the, it's, it's the 97th time something has happened or whatever. And then, and they lose it then. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I, you know, those would be, probably be what I what I would tell myself to like always you know go back like have have balance you know seek to like investigate that within yourself too like to am, am I balanced am I am I working too much I mean we've all had that where it's so easy to get out of balance you know you can you can just fall into like oh I'm working way too much and should I you know it, it, it affects other parts of your life then so either your marriage or your relationship with your kids, um, you know, that, that, you know, just being, having good awareness of that. So that's, how do you, how do you what, what advice would you give yourself, Paul? Oh, see, you're a always really younger good at, Paul. At, at turning things around. This is why you're <laughs> successful at what you do, John. Um, you know, I think um, I've asked that question to all of my guests and there's some really some good themes that come through here and, and yours are spot on. You know, I think that when you're younger, you're trying to prove yourself, you know, either to yourself or to others, you know, and so you tend to maybe work more. Plus, you you have less um, less things to give up or trade off. You know, you, you may not be married. I know you, you met your your wife pretty young, but. You know, a lot of folks coming out of college, don't, they're not married, they don't have kids. And so you, there's less of that to give up or there's not as much to go home to. Or, you know, you're on the road, you're traveling and, you know, it kind of becomes your life. And I know for me, my first job out of school, 
I met a lot of folks that were my age as well. And that became my social group in addition to my work group. So they all kind of blended together and you didn't really notice that you really weren't that balanced. But I think as you get older, you realize, again, we were talking earlier about just the time off and that perspective um, that you can actually be better and more productive if you're taking some time off that sharpening the saw aspect that Stephen Covey talks about. And I think it's really important to do that. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the communication, I think everybody can get better at communications. I think that, uh, you know, there's the, our culture today has gotten a little bit better about being more open, but I think people are still, you know, you have to kind of get comfortable in what's your message and, and how you receive things. But I know that there was a lot of water cooler talk and, and, you know, um, some of my earlier jobs where now it's like, Hey, let's sit down. Let's talk to you. Like retrospectives are a great, a great thing that I never had those in the first 15 or 20 years of my career. You know, it was like, what do you mean we're doing bad at this? You know, you don't want to talk about that. You just like, just get better at it. You know, it should be obvious. And so those are things that I think really um, just help you to get better. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, the, the balance, the other thing for me would be travel. I, that was something that's come up a lot in these podcasts where, you know, growing up, I, my family didn't have a lot of money and, you know, we were in South Florida. So it took almost a full day just to drive out of the state. So the biggest trip for us was going to Disney world and, you know, Epcot center was about as far as we could get to, you know, traveling through Europe or feeling like it was right. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, once I started working at Delta, the travel became more of an opportunity and I didn't speak a foreign language and I just didn't feel comfortable really leaving the country. And I'm not quite sure why, but once I started traveling a little bit and then when I got that Olympic job, I really got exposed to other cultures and that just flipped the switch for me. It was just like, you know, it's um, we're not as different as we think we are. Once you sort of peel back some of the, you know, the geography and the political and religious and language aspects of it, we're all human, you know, we're going through the same things and dealing with the same things. And um, it was just refreshing to me to experience other cultures and gain some perspective about, you know, what we have here in the U.S. and, you know, what, you know, what sort of privilege we've got, you know, our power doesn't go out every 20 minutes or we, you know, we've got shoes on our feet and, you know, we have paved roads and, you know, vehicles to get us to where we need to go. And so you can kind of appreciate that when you travel and you talk to other people. And that's something that I wish I had done earlier um, to experience that, even though at the time I didn't think it was very important. I think it's really, I think everybody needs to spend a little bit of time being uncomfortable traveling, you know, and I, I still remember, man, getting off the plane, my first trip to China, I was by myself, you know, step off the plane, I don't know the language, I just have a business card of where the hotel is that I can't read and I hand it to the taxi driver and I just hope I get there, (laughs) you know, and experiencing new food. And I mean, it just, but it it gives you some strength and to know, you know what, I can persevere. And in today's world where we're pretty, we're pretty spoiled in a lot of ways that when you sort of peel back some of those comfort layers, you know, that you can still be able to navigate through and get what you need done. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty empowering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've recently had a lot of those conversations just with everything that we're going through with, with uh, you know, the, the social injustice and, um, you know, putting, um, it's been a great thing just to, to have the, the focus on more diversity and inclusion and just openness and just that, that conversation that you said. I mean, we're so much more alike than we are different. Um, 
whether it's you know religious race whatever it is i mean it, it you're spot on with that it's just um uh so yeah i i hope i, I hope we continue to to make strides i mean I, i'm encouraged we, we we have uh i'm part of a group like probably every other company um out there right now they're trying to put focus on that and i'm i'm part of that team um going through that right now and it, it's been put a lot of lot of training and videos and education and guest speakers in and initiatives that we're trying and and um it's excellent it's just it's, yeah it's, it's totally the right thing to do and and um yeah it's a very very positive feeling to to see some strides in that uh, in that direction so hopefully it continues i'm glad you brought that up because aws has done a really good job around um, kind of getting male allies to take action and not just, you know, the, the, the exposure of it is one thing and to be able to talk about it is certainly another thing, but what can we do to be more of an ally and to help to support a lot of different social causes that, you know, we as white males in the United States um, have had privilege to. And I think it's, mm -hmm. you know, I've got two daughters, so there's, there's that gender issue that, you know, I'm, I'm seeing them, you know, have to navigate. Um, I've got a gay son, so I'm seeing some of the issues he's had to navigate. And so all of those things really have opened my eyes up to, you know, that the world is much bigger than just me and my, my perception of reality is not the way everything is. And, you know, if you're, if you're selling a good or a service, that is your market. And so you need to really understand how everybody, you know, operates, how they have their own, you know, unique interests and, um, how you can kind of reach out to them. But from a social perspective, I think really how do we figure out how to take action and how to really support um, some of the things that, that have had, you know, some visibility this year, but what can we do to really change things? So I've had some really good conversations yeah. with my coworkers as well as just people that I've met over the last 30 years. And uh, it's been, it's been eye opening for me and I just really want to be able to, take the next step now. And it sounds like you've done, I, I'm not surprised that you've, you know, been involved in that because that's just who you are. And um, so uh, kudos to you, man. I think we can certainly have more conversations yeah. around this off offline, but uh, I think it's amazing yeah. that you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, not everything that you do with, with this has to be a giant step too. I mean, they can be little, again, back to agility. I mean, they can just be mm. small steps as long as we're taking steps so yeah good uh yeah. yeah yeah i'll leave you with one little like tangible example of that if, if you want i know we're probably sure. going over over the time but um it's the beauty of the podcast um, man there is no time limit so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> there was uh we we were in the throes of this and we were trying to think of like what can we like i, I want us to take some little steps here and show show some progress and get behind something and there was um um there was a petition uh, after john lewis passed away the petition to rename that edmund pettus bridge in alabama to the john lewis bridge or just rename that bridge after yeah. him and not not you know um someone that was a you know confederate and you know involved in the kkk mm -hmm. i mean I mean, what an easy, to me, you know, sorry, I don't mean to get too political here, but I mean, to me, it's like the biggest no-brainer out there. And so that was, you know, there was a group of us that we um, uh, were like, well, why don't we get behind that? Like, why don't we, why don't we, 
why don't we sign that petition and, you know, share that with others. And so I've been watching that and it's been growing and growing and growing. So again, it's, it's maybe seeing that, that vote count kind of get up, you know, keep growing and maybe something will happen with it too. Maybe the bridge will get renamed, but um, mm -hmm. you know, just something, something where there's some action. Yeah. Take some action. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's great. It's a great example. And you're right. Big steps or small steps. As long as you're taking something, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, there was, you know, this analogy about when's the best time to plant a tree. And it's like, you know, 20 years ago, but what's, what's the next best time to plant a tree and it's today. So, you know, mm -hmm. don't wait and don't lament it. Well, I, I can't do anything now. I mean, there's always things that can be done with any sort of, um, you know, injustice that's being done. And so I think we all just need to kind of think about how do we make this world a better place? You know, kind of that, that scout motto, you know, leave, leave, uh, leave the campsite better than when you found it. And, um, you know, I think of, yep. it's, yeah, it, there's, there's a lot that we can be doing. So yeah, you and I will definitely talk about this, uh, offline. So that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Love, love to, love to. Cool. All right, John, so, well, thanks listen, for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time. This is really good to kind of just kind of learn more about you and, and the recruiting business and, um, 11, 11 siblings, man. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's great, man. Have a good evening, and uh, we will be talking soon. Okay. Thanks, Paul. All right. Thanks, John. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.